I have shared last week, and I think that we have come to this conclusion that the Word of God, the true gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and also our faith in Him alone leads us to conclude this. If a person comes to the end of his or her life and they are not saved from the penalty of sin, they can only blame themselves. God has provided all that is needed for every man and woman to be saved not only from the penalty of sin, but also to be freed from the power of sin in this life and ultimately from the presence of sin when we all get to heaven together. Now last week, the Apostle Paul began answering a question in the book of Romans chapter 1. And it's a question that I believe that we all need to really understand. And the question is this. Is God fair? Is God fair to let a person die and go to hell who has never even once heard the name of Jesus Christ? In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus himself plainly said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here comes the important part. No man comes to the Father except by me. No man comes to the Father except by me. Now, because of that one verse in the Bible, people in this world often call us Christians narrow-minded. They often call us intolerant, even fanatical and inflexible. They say that we are intolerant because we believe what Jesus said. We didn't say it. Jesus said it. But friend, I want you to know this morning, you don't have to be ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ. On page 999 in the Bibles in front of you, I'm going to be reading from Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 16. And I want you to listen carefully as we discover the answer to this question, is God fair to let someone die and go to hell who has never once heard the name of Jesus. Verse 16, Romans chapter 1, the Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. That's the good news. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it, for in the gospel good news, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, for it is written, the just shall live by faith. Verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth, 
who hold down the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that he made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that people are without excuse. Verse 21, because although they knew God, because of the things that were made, they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Nor were they thankful, but became futile, useless in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Now last week we began looking at four fairness Factors that help us to understand what happens to a lost person who supposedly has never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. Is God just to judge them for all eternity? Is God a loving God if he can let his own creation be eternally separated from him? Is God righteous? Is God good? Well, we began last week with the first fairness factor, which is the revelation factor. The revelation factor. The revelation factor is simply this. All people have some light. Are you hearing me, church? All people have some light. We read about two witnesses. Two witnesses who accused those who claimed they'd never heard. The first witness was the creation, that outward witness that God exists. But the second witness was conscience, that inward witness that we all have that built-in knowledge of God. Because these two witnesses exist in the life of every human being that has ever lived, including those who've never heard the gospel, we know that no matter who they are and no matter where they are, the Bible says they are without excuse. Why? Because all people have some light. Now here is the second fairness factor we discussed last week, and that is the refusal factor. The refusal factor is simply this. Light refused increases darkness. Light refused increases darkness. When God gives a person some light, that is, when creation and their conscience speak to any individual in any place on this planet, if he doesn't glorify God, if he doesn't believe in God, if he cannot bring himself to trust God, then he begins to go backward in his relationship with God and he might even lose the light that he once had. His foolish heart will then be darkened. Why? Because the Bible says that he has resisted the truth. I want you to remember first what we said last week. 
The biggest reason why people don't believe in God, the biggest reason why people can't bring themselves to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ is because if they believe in God, then that means something is going to have to change about their life. And maybe they're not willing to do that. Remember how we pictured it? We pictured that person's life here on the left hand. And then we pictured creation and conscience over here on the right telling him there is a God I am your God can't you see me I'm your God but his lifestyle says now if I admit that then that means something's going to have to change about that and if I turn this way then I'm going to have to turn from that way but if I turn this way I'm turning from that way And he's in a, in a sticky situation. Because now, if he continues going his own way, he finds himself getting further and further from God's way. Scripture makes it clear that the light of God has been revealed to all people, but many refuse the light that they've been given. But now we have to move on to the next of God's fairness factor. And that is the reception factor. We already said it. All men have some light. That's the revelation factor. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that he made. Even his eternal power and his Godhead. Godhead is simply a a biblical word for the three-person part of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But light refused increases darkness. That's the refusal factor. Their foolish hearts got darkened. Why? Because what they knew of God was manifest in them because God had shown it to them. But now we look at this reception factor. The reception factor is this. Light obeyed increases light. This is good news for me and you. Light obeyed increases light. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Bill, you said that the Bible clearly says that no man can come to heaven, no man can go to the Father except through Jesus. Apart from Jesus, you don't have no hope. But neither creation nor conscience say anything specifically to me about Jesus. And do you know what I would say about that? I'd say you're absolutely right. Furthermore, you might say, when you say that all men have some light, that may be true, but according to what the Bible says, that's still not enough to go to heaven. And you know what I would say? You're absolutely right. You see, creation and conscience merely point us to the fact of God, to the fact that God is exists that's what creation and conscience do but think of this if a person's not interested in the fact of god they're certainly not going to be interested in the way to god and why would god be obliged to show somebody the way to god if they're absolutely not interested in the fact of god so what is the reception factor light obeyed increases light you heard it in verse 16 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and then for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. Here it comes from faith to faith. For it is written, the just shall live by faith. So how is the righteousness of God revealed? The Bible says, from faith to faith. That is the reception factor, y'all. From faith to faith. God gives you some truth. You believe that truth, and you know what God does for you? He gives you some more truth. From faith to faith. The more light you obey, the more light you get. It's just like a good parent, amen? If you do what I tell you to do, you'll get these blessings. If you don't do it, then you ain't getting it, right? So imagine God speaking. Imagine God speaking to a man, and he's speaking through the witnesses of creation and through his conscience, and then that man says, God, I want you. God, I want to know you. God, I believe you exist. That's faith. Just a seed of faith. It's faith. But then he goes from faith to faith. And God gives him more light. And he says, well, God, I believe that too. I believe that too. And he seeks God by faith more and more until eventually, do you know where he lands? He lands right at the foot of the cross. He lands right before the Lord Jesus Christ. Somehow, some way. That's faith. And when a man is ready to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, when man is ready to receive the good news of God, can I tell you that God will get the gospel to him if he's got to wreck an airplane or parachute in a missionary? One way or another, that man is going to hear the good news. We see this throughout the Bible. Do you remember in Acts chapter 8? We find the story of the Ethiopian officer. Classic story. The man had already been to Jerusalem, the most religious city in Jerusalem, most religious city on earth. Why did he go? The Bible said that he went to worship God. He had that seed of faith. He had come from northern Africa, from Ethiopia all the way to Jerusalem by horse-drawn chariot. And he got there. And why did he get there? Because he was seeking God. He was seeking God in the most religious city on the planet. But when he got there, you know what he found? Wait a minute. I'm not seeking a religion. I'm not seeking a religion. I'm seeking a relationship with my God. And so he's a little bit discouraged, and so he's on his way back home. And he's on his way back home, and he pauses his chariot, and he's reading from his Bible in the book of Isaiah. But he just can't get it. He just cannot understand. And do you know what God does? God says, to this man who's responding to that little bit of light that he had been given. He goes to Samaria and God says to a preacher named Philip who's in the middle of this big revival. He says, son, listen, I want you to leave that revival. I want you to go out into the desert. I got this one man out there. I got this man out there and I want you to tell him 
how to be saved. Wow, so God brought this missionary who told this man how to be saved, this man who had come from northern Africa, who responded by this one little glimmer of light by faith, and when he did, he accepted the good news, and he even followed through in believer's baptism right on the spot. That's not the only story where we find that God will find a way to get the good news of Jesus to somebody. There was another man in Acts chapter 10 whose name was Cornelius. Now, the Bible says that Cornelius was a Gentile. That means he'd never heard the gospel. He was one of those, amen? He'd never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. He was a Roman army officer. But he had something special. Cornelius had a hunger to know God. He had a hunger to know this God who had been revealed to him in creation. He had a hunger to know this God who had revealed himself in Cornelius' conscience. And one day, Cornelius went outside and he looked up into the starry skies and he said, there is no way that all that just happened one seed of faith and I believe that Cornelius probably prayed something like this he probably prayed something like God whoever you are God wherever you are God whatever you are I want to know you I want to know you and you know what God did God went and he told a believer named Peter he said, Peter, I want you to go to Caesarea. I want you to go there because there's a man there named Cornelius. And I want you to tell him and his whole household how to be saved. And he did. And that man, Cornelius, and all of his house came to hear and know and follow the gospel good news of Jesus. You see, when you obey the light that you've been given... God will find a way. He will find a way to give you more light. But did you know that that applies to all of us that are here today? All of us that are listening online today? To all of us who are saved? See, the reason that some of us don't understand the Bible more than we do is probably because we haven't been living up to the light that God's already given us. Think about that. Why would God show you more until you obey what you already know? That doesn't make sense, does it? For instance, for many people in the church, maybe many listening online, they have professed Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They understand what John 14, 6 said. That I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. They have professed that same Jesus as their only way to heaven. However, the word of God goes on because they've never submitted to believers' baptism. They made this profession, but they didn't take the next step of faith and get baptized. Now, they know what the Bible teaches. They know that, that Jesus stressed baptism as an outward 
testimony of what is happening in the inward man. They understand that, but they say something like, well, I got this $60 perm and I ain't messing it up. Amen? And then later, they're reading their Bible. And they're saying, why can't I get that? Why can't I understand this? God, show me what this means. And God says, well, why should I show you what it means when you haven't obeyed what I've already shown you? Wow. What I'm trying to say is, listen carefully. Light obeyed increases light. So if you want to understand that part of the Bible that you don't understand, until you begin to obey that part that you do understand, then you'll understand then what you don't understand. Are you following me? (laughs) You've got to do what you've already been told to do in order to get more light. Again, the problem's not in our head. The problem's in our heart. Many times, it's not until a man surrenders his heart that God will speak to him in a way that will change his life. So light obeyed increases light. That's the reception factor. You live up to the light that you've been given. And guess what? God will give you more light. Finally, there is the reckoning factor. All men have some light. That's revelation. Light refused increases darkness. That's refusal. Light obeyed is increased light. That's reception. But lastly, the reckoning factor is the fact that we are judged according to the light we've been given. We are judged according to the light we've been given. Now, as believers, did you know that you're going to be standing before the Lord at a judgment seat? The Bible speaks of two judgment seats. One is the great white throne of judgment where all unbelievers will be judged. But then believers also will appear at what is called the Bema judgment seat of Christ where our works, while we are saved, will be judged. So do you think that God is going to judge you there for the sins you committed in your life? Well, of course not, because Jesus already died on the cross to pay for all those sins. But God is going to judge us by the light that we received, but we refused. He'll judge us for the light we received, but refused. God is simply saying here, friend, that he knows how much light you got. He knows how much light that he's given you. And many of us have received far more light than other people have. Not necessarily because we were seeking after it, but maybe just because we live in America where there's a church on every corner and everybody's got a Bible. It's for now anyway. So it's simply by the grace of God that you have more light than others. So what is God going to do? What is God going to do with us at the beam of judgment seat of Christ? Well, God is going to hold you and I accountable more than he's going to hold those who never heard because he's given us more light. See, Luke 12, 48, the Lord Jesus said this. Listen carefully. For everyone to whom much is given, 
from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, even more will be required. You see, y'all been given a lot of light. Your presence here this morning indicates to me that you've been given a lot of light. How have you been using the light that you've been given? God's going to hold us all accountable to the amount of light that we've been given. Think about this. It would be one thing if an unbeliever in the darkest of Africa were to die and maybe go to hell who never heard the name of Jesus and never responded to creation, never responded to the conscience. But how much worse would it be for a person who sits in an air-conditioning sanctuary like this with a Bible right slap in front of them, hearing a preacher beg him week after week to be saved, but still says no. You and I have received much light. We've received much light. And the burning question then is not what is God going to do with that heathen who never heard? The burning question is, what is God going to do with me? With me knowing all that I have heard. What is God going to do with me with all the light that I've received? Have I been responsible to not only receive it, but to respond to it? You've heard repeatedly the message that Jesus Christ died in agony with his blood spattered all over the cross. You have heard repeatedly from this pulpit that Jesus did that for you. And still many, maybe not here, but certainly many within earshot of our voices, still say no. Can I tell you that not responding is responding? You may not have outwardly said no, but you just haven't responded. And maybe it's not just to salvation you haven't responded, but it's the high call of God on your life now that you have responded. See, many people come to Christ and they follow through and they go from faith to faith to faith. And then when it gets time for them to start serving the Lord with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, they put a period at the end of that sentence and they stop. But I want you to know that you and I have been given much light and we're going to be held accountable for the light we've been given. Do you know what Jesus taught about that particular subject? Jesus taught that it would be better for the most wicked on Judgment Day than it would be for those who heard Jesus preach and teach but never responded. Don't know about you, but that makes me want to get off my rear and start doing what God's called me to do. All men have some light. 
Light refused means increased darkness. But light obeyed means increased light. And we are all judged by the light we've been given. Today, friend, the light has shone on you. Enough light has been shown on you for you to accept the gospel good news of Jesus Christ and be assured of your place in heaven when your days on earth are through. The light has shone on you. Will you refuse it and risk increasing your darkness? Or will you accept it and be blessed by your light increasing. It is your choice. But you need to know that if today were your last day on earth, you'd be judged according to the light you received and the light you responded to. So we're not only talking about salvation here. We're talking about receiving the light and responding to what God says in His Word. Today the light is shown on you. Will you receive it? Will you respond to it? Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I praise you and thank you that you even wanted to show us the...